I just bought this Cadillac, this convertible. 1969 gold Cadillac with the white interior, and I drove it up here, and I've just been cruising around. <laughs> gold Cadillac with the white interior and I drove it up here and I've just been cruising around in it on the freeway and I'm having a really, really good time just smoking big spliffs and cruising that Cadillac on the freeway it's a good feeling, I'll tell ya can I say makes me jism Closet. This is my problem. 
radio station. And the preacher said, you know, you always have the Lord by your side. And I was so pleased to be informed of this that I ran 20 red lights in his honor. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Scaring the name 
Pilot fast, die young, and leave a good-looking corpse. This is Flat Black Plaska, Mutiny Radio FM. Thanks for listening. It's uh, happy. I'm happy to hear you, you know people are listening to this. And remember, we you to donate money to us because we need as much as anyone else. So just shove it around different places, like us. No, what are you going to DJ at 3 o'clock in the afternoon? I mean, come on. Okay, yeah, you guys are going to do it. Like, And every band's doing about a half hour set. Then the next night, Albert's doing Bat Cave. So roll yourself over at one, Albert, if you want to go ahead and hype your event. I think we just, like, close it after you're done and then have that one. Okay, yeah, get up your next song. He doesn't, I don't know what he's doing.
He's he's just not even wanting to like promote anymore. Do you want to do another song? Back cave is the seventeenth. Back cave is the seventeenth. Hey, can you uh, you're on your your mic is on, dude. But it's just that one. Right. Back cave seventeenth with uh, I forgot the other bands, but they're cool, right? Yeah, they're all good. Just be there. Back cave is cool. Yeah. From from eight to close, yeah, the knockout. Just be there. Yeah, just be the knockout sixteen seventeen this month. We also got a show uh, developing out there, at Toots Tavern in uh, Crockett for all you people who are in the that area of California, which I don't even know where it is really, but it's cool. On the way to Joshua Tree. On the way to is it south? Crockett? No. no, it's east. East. East is good enough for me. And we're going to go uh, play Crockett with Tooth Tavern with Swerve and Pleasure Parade out there. So I'm having us uh, just getting us that band up and running. We have some new ELI news, but not today. So anybody likes Eyes Like Ice, uh, you, we're, we're, you know, um, we are... Um, we are loud, we are proud, we are free. And so we'll see. Uh, right now, we're, we're, we're working on the album. And uh, so everybody, towards spring, it's going to happen. I'm, I'm believing it's going to happen. We don't know how it's going to work out, but it's going to be groovy. And uh, what else we got, Albert? You got to call There's an event on the 11th, uh, Ultra de Fay, over at the Knockout. Once again, yeah. we're promoting the Knockout like nobody's business. One of, the only one, of one of the only places around anymore. They're taking care of the underground kids. They just basically routed us like fucking the rats that we are. God damn it. Hey, Albert, so what do you think about the closing of all the clubs uh, in, in California? And what can we do about it? Well, what can you do other, other than uh, make some street street, street, uh, street things, you know? Maybe some street... You know, gorilla. Gorilla shows. Yeah, gorilla, whatever. You know what? No, no. When you say gorilla, you know what I'm saying? Gorilla means yeah, with the U-E, not the O-R. Yeah. Hey, you know, I was thinking about what's the biggest primate? You know, as I, a little bit, I was thinking, is gorillas or is apes bigger than them? Which one's bigger, apes, apes or gorillas? Apes. Apes is supposed to be, like, big, bigger. No, but I don't know. But you ever see a gorilla when they're pissed off? Like, they could, like, kick out. Like, if a gorilla wanted to kick... They're pretty big, actually. I, I think I, without well, with, talking of, uh, without tranquilizer guns, I don't really think that like a man could take on a gorilla in any way, shape, or form. I think he could take out five humans. They would just tear their heads off. Agree. No, 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 no. That's that's Ronaldo. Oh, Ronaldo, Ronaldo, Albert. You want to pick out another song, or can, uh, you, can you scroll up here? Yeah, I'll do that. Scroll up and see if I got any more songs on my list. You do definitely. We we worked on it this morning. I worked on it hard. I worked on it so hard. I wanted it so hard. You know when people say that, they're like so hard. Like, like Donovan says stuff like that. No, 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 go scroll up again. Scroll up. Oh, God. I don't know how to do this. I don't know. I'm trying. It's, it doesn't work. Gently. Gently. It didn't work. Here we go. Oh, God. Not again. Albert, put, put on a song, please. No, you got one more song in you. No, no, we played this already. Albert, play another song. All right, we're going to do this. Uh, we don't mean to be like just like stalling, but we, I guess these guys want to go. I could do another half hour, you people, because I love just being on the air and, and coming up with stuff. Is that what we're doing? Yeah, like, like pick, up, pick out three more songs for her. Tessa Beal. Can you play Tessa Beal by Einstein? She doesn't need Neubauten. Einstein doesn't need Neubauten. But I'm glad you get in there. Albert says if you're going to make him do it, then you know you're going to have to do it. Hey, I, don't, I can't even hear him on the air. I think I Here's the deal, Joy Bound. We're going to play one of the coolest songs, Going Out of Christian Death, which is like a really cool segue. I got to say, hit it, hit it, Barb, hit it. There you go. James Todd. James Todd. 
Terry is here from Fake Your Own Death, and this is uh, DJ Aisha from Sounds from the Street. How's it going, Terry? Really good. Am I talking in the middle of mics or this one? Or that uh, let's, let's test. Test, test, Hello, test. hello. Yep, perfect. I found it. I'm great. Just drove out through the hailstorm. <laughs> you survived to tell the tale. I did, so far. <laughs> awesome. So tell me uh, what you've been up to musically. Um, right now, we are in pre-production. We're trying to do a new record that'll come out around March or April. Mm-hmm. So we started recording a little bit, but uh, we're really just writing and kind of you know pre-production, meaning like we recorded ourselves and kind of listen back and see if the arrangements are good and this and that. Um, so that started in about halfway through November. And then December is kind of like a just a screwed up month for everybody to get together. And so we're getting back into it heavy like next week. Next week. Is that when the real new year begins? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll have some shows coming up in uh, February and March. Mm-hmm, we're kind mm-hmm. of like working them out right now. Hoping That's to do a noise pop show. Oh yeah, that'd well. be awesome. There's a couple good ones in February. I saw. I was like, wow, it's like venues that I've been to, but it's like back to back. So I'm like, wow, I'm gonna be going to the Indie, the Bottom of the Hill. It's, you know, it's all coming back to me now. Yeah, that's always <laughs> cool. They tend to um, surprise me each year. Like, you know, you always think like, oh, this that's just gonna be the last year. It's not gonna be cool next year, and then mm-hmm, they end up mm-hmm. putting together some good shows. Yeah. What's been your favorite venue to play in San Francisco? Well, I'm a little old school, and so I definitely am still a Bomber Hill person. Mm-hmm. Um, I love playing there. I love the staff. I love the feel of the place, the sound. But, you know, we'll, we'll play Rickshaw Stop. Um, we uh, used to play um, the Hemlock a lot. Oh, I miss that like, place. You know, just, I have, like, some of my best times there. That's a real bummer to see that go. Yeah, it was such a great spot. You know, if you want to go to the bar, if you want to see a show, just walk yeah. a couple steps. <laughs> and it was so visceral and small. Like mm-hmm, the shows, mm-hmm. we had this crazy show that we didn't realize was right in the middle of SantaCon was going on. So they oh, go down God. Polk Street. Yeah. So we go on stage and our crowds there, and it's like maybe 40, 50 people. Mm-hmm. Wasn't that big? And then all of a sudden, the place just fills up with hundreds of Santas. Mm-hmm. And it was just packed. People couldn't move. And we were, like, just pressed up against the back wall on the stage with just drunk, obnoxious Santa Clauses who, you know, for all intents and purposes, I have no uh, sympathy or empathy oh, yeah. for. But they, uh, they just made the show crazy. So we were, like, surfing literally on the, on the hands of, like, guys dressed up like Santa Claus. Um, <laughs> I so, can picture it perfectly. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, didn't they? So I think this year they canceled it, but then they somehow brought it back and it was based at Union Square. So it was kind of like it was still happening. I really know nothing about it. Yeah. Just like this was just, you know, we were on stage and they, they came in. It could have been, they could have been dressed up like, you know, rabbis. It, whatever it was, <laughs> it was just, it happened. Yeah. So question for you. Do you, it sounds like you celebrate Hanukkah. Do you also celebrate Christmas? I do. Um, we don't really... We don't really do either one properly or, yeah. or religiously, for right. sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I do got uh, kids, and they uh, like uh, Christmas. I mean, like taking Christmas away from American children seems to be a, a form of torture. Yeah. And I have a lot of Jewish friends who would, you know, slap me in the face for saying that. But mm-hmm. I just feel like you know the whole Hanukkah thing is is ritual and cool, but it's not like the, the magic thing of like the big fat guy coming to your house and leaving all these presents. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we do them both. 
Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, I got to celebrate both once, but then I was like, I want to do it every year. And my mom was just like, it's all about Christmas. That's all I care about. So it wasn't really up to me. But then I'm slowly, slowly bringing it back with the menorah and the chocolates and the dreidel and all that stuff. That's cool. I, I, don't, I mean, if it was up to me, we'd probably do nothing. I'm, <laughs> I'm like, you know, that whole... Just show dog yeah. and pony show yeah. thing. It just it makes me insane. Yeah, but at least we don't shop anymore, right? Nobody goes to the malls anymore. No, they don't. I I do because I kind of live in that neighborhood, unfortunately. So I'm like, well, you know, nobody's going to be out, so I'm going to go out. That kind of thing. Yeah. But um, no, you're totally right. Retail is just dead, completely dead. Yeah, um, that's for, sad. For better or for worse. How are you feeling about Amazon these days? <laughs> I, you know, it's, it's a love hate thing. I, I I don't really know what to think about the overall takeover of the world, but I've seen it take over bookstores and record stores in a way that is, Mm -hmm. um, it's just a super loss, you know, like I just walking down 24th street on the way here and 24th street still has like, you know, you got, uh, two versions of the same bookstore and mm-hmm. then um, like three or four record stores and it's so cool and that is old 90s San Francisco to me yep. the rest of this town is the, it, it's you used to see these places just get hollowed out and gone yeah I used to just spend time in record stores just thumbing through and of course that's coming back now with vinyl right. mm-hmm. but just thumbing through stuff and actually like discovering things that I had never even heard of just by looking at the album cover and like looking at recommendations from the staff and that kind of stuff I don't think people do that. You know, I, I, I actually teach eighth grade, so I have like 13, 14-year-old kids in my class. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they know what an album is. Oh, gosh, you need to bring one in. Yeah, no, I mean, they, they don't know the concept of having like a, a, a theme, you know, running through a piece of music from start to finish. It's just like singles and singles, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. compilations. Right. That's, That's a bummer. It's a loss. Yes, but definitely if you're able to one day like bring in an album and if it's somehow educationally based or appropriate, then you can All right, I'll do it. widen their perspective. It's going to happen. <laughs> that was great. Yeah. I mean, I went to school in the 90s. I was, was I in eighth grade in the 90s? I was. Um, that's how old I am. But uh, yeah, and even back then, you know, records, you kind of didn't talk about it unless your friends or your parents were, were doing it sort of thing. But I'm glad that it's you know, it's coming back. Um, yeah. Well, just like as a, as an artist, you know, you used to think about the concept of an album and like, you know, what's going to be the first song. What's going to, I mean, if you were actually doing vinyl, you would think about what's going to be the, the first song on the B side, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but just like to lead you through a, a movement of music. Um, I don't feel like people are doing that anymore. I mean, I, I know some, I mean, the OCs are doing that, you know, mm-hmm. people are doing it, but it's, it's small. It's a, it's a very niche thing and it's, you know, it may not be in San Francisco. It may be on the other side of the world, somewhere in Europe, like Norway. And you would only know about them through the wonders of social Black media. Metal. That yeah. too. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's go to Norway. <laughs> it's a good, it's a good connection there. But I think, do you think with technology, it's kind of like a, a double edged sword where it's like, oh, it has some good things. Like you're, you're branching out and you're getting the word out there. But then on the other side, it's less personal and it's less you know about yeah. your I mean I I used to feel like you know uh, everybody was complaining about technology is like the old man complaining about the baseballs on his lawn and just like you know doesn't want to see progress yeah but I, I don't anymore actually mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. especially with social media I mean we've all seen that to just be crap like, oh yeah that has done nothing good for the world it hasn't um 
Or shit, I hear from the galley. (laughs) So, you know. To each their own. (laughs) I try. I don't know. I, I mean, like even in my classroom, I, I try to keep technology out as much as possible. It's it's not the way that it's going now. Everybody's going the other direction. But you know, there's these things called books. Right. You know, thumb through the pages. And mm-hmm. You get spaghetti on them, and then you go back and you destroy <laughs> the spaghetti on this page. You destroy them, or like in the good old days at the library. I think libraries are still around. The card. Well, nobody's getting paid there right now, though. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Even, yeah, on, on school campuses too, right? I, don't, I think schools are run by the states for the most part, but it, it's like all the, you know, the, the public libraries. I actually I have no idea what I'm talking about. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> that, it's, it's crazy, but apparently the shutdown is like the longer that it's happening, it's really just going to affect all of us eventually. It's kind of scary. It's making this little mini man so just frightfully alone and all by himself. And it's, it's, it would be hilarious if it wasn't so tragic. Yeah, that's he, true. Uh, you know, he came out and said that he's willing to like dig his feet in for years on this, you know, it's like, God. it's just ridiculous. It really is. I agree. Um, but it's exciting to see, you know, people in Congress, like having a different attitude yeah. and hopefully, um, they're going to do some of the things that they said they were going to do to get elected. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I loved how, um, wait, what's her, Cortez? Ocasio-Cortez? Yeah. How they tried to smear her with this video where she's dancing. And it's like, everybody loves it. And it's awesome. <laughs> I love it, too. You know, the only tragic thing is the, the dudes in the video are just lame. But, they, but she's right? awesome. Yeah. I was like, girl, were you in flash dance? Because yeah. what's going on there? <laughs> uh, who wouldn't want someone who could dance in Congress? Right, yeah. right. It's, it's positive energy. It's... It's not, you know, on its way out. Uh, some of those people might not be around very long <laughs> in terms of their lifespan, yeah, literally. that's the hope. Um, so that's, yeah, gives us hope. But anyways, back to the music. Um, so you're planning a couple shows here in the Bay Area. Where can people find out more about you guys online? Um, we, you know, we're on everything, all the social media stuff or whatever, but also... Uh, <laughs> We have a Bandcamp page, which mm-hmm. is which is the one that I actually control that has like you know update stuff. Um, like I said, uh, you know December was sort of this month where everybody shuts down, and so um, I think we're going to get organized and figure out those shows by the end of you know either next week or the week after. Mm-hmm. Within the next two weeks, we'll have shows up there in San Francisco, and we're going to go down to LA, nice. probably Portland. We're talking about doing. Um, a festival out in Iowa City called the Mission Creek oh, Festival. Oh, wow. Yeah. Never been it actually, there. It started here. Right? There was a Mission Creek Festival here, oh. and the guy who ran it, or at least one of the guys who ran it, moved to Iowa City, and it's, like, much bigger there. It's turned into this huge thing. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So we did it once before. It was really fun. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So where is it now? Iowa? Yeah. Wow. I mean, I'm not, you know, I had no reason to ever be there other than this festival. But, but when I went there, it was, like, cool. It's, like, a really... Um, it's a big writer's college there, and so everyone there is really literary, and it's like there's all these uh, readings going on at the same time. So you can be in a building, and somebody's reading from their, their new novel, and then right mm-hmm. next door is like full-on punk rock. Oh, nice. And w- what's the college called? Oh, shit. <sighs> Iowa State. I feel the Iowa State. <laughs> well, now I have a reason to check it out if I'm ever in the area. <laughs> and how did you make that connection to go out there? Uh, like I said, we played the Mission Creek Festival, and uh, a good friend, Andre Perry, who, oh, okay. who runs it out there. So, mm-hmm. um, he plays in a band called The Lonely Hearts, who uh, we've played with a bunch of times, too. Like, we're, we're close. Very cool. And who would you say are your biggest influences, musically or not? 
Yeah, I mean, like, it it moves around. Like, you know, the, the story of Fake Your Own Death is um, a lot of different evolutions because it actually came out of my band, Elephone, that we did, like, in the early aughts. I guess it was, like, 2003 or something, 2005, mm-hmm. maybe. I can't mm-hmm. remember. And, um, but basically, um, you know, my listening range uh, was really uh, tied to Sonic Youth. I really, um, growing up with Sonic Youth and just watching them evolve and, and listening to all the other iterations of the side projects and all of that, even their label, um, they were a big influence on me. We also, you know, of course, we have a lot of, if you listen to us, you'll hear like Echo and the Bunnymen and Jesus mm-hmm. and Mary Chain mm-hmm. and um, the more brooding sort of like Cure stuff and like that. Like, oh, like, yeah. Like definitely like a mixture of sort of late 80s, early 90s stuff. Have you heard of a Cure cover band called Just Like Heaven? No, but that oh. sounds like a Cure cover band. Like they were there. really good. They played at the Fireside Lounge in Alameda. Oh, cool. I guess I'm going to Alameda more often these days. But um, yeah, they were super good. I was like, are you sure this isn't the real Cure? Because yeah. I remember the lead singer, he kind of got into character trying to look like Robert Smith. And he walked by and I was like, this is going to be insane. It's <laughs> a real living doing that, you know, yeah. like being a, like actually going into character and being cover band. Mm-hmm. Um, you go to mm-hmm. Vegas and all that. It's nothing I would ever do, but no. I, I do appreciate the art form, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And have you seen some of those bands live? The Cure? And I never you know, I never see. saw The Cure. Um, when By the time I was old enough to go see them, they were just so overblown stadiums, and that that's just wasn't my thing. I was yeah. like, I like the small little dirty clubs. Yeah. But um, I would. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. Even now I would if they were coming around and, and somebody gave me a backstage pass where I didn't have to watch <laughs> them from the sea of heads. If I could watch oh them from the gosh. side of the stage, I would. Yeah, because I think they played they played a couple nights at the sh- at Shoreline, right, yeah. in the Hollywood Bowl. And People I who went said they're all gone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I missed out. It was like all my friends went, and I was the only one that didn't go because I was in L.A. doing something down there. And I was like, oh, they'll be back. I think 2019 they're going to be playing a couple festivals this yeah, year. Yeah, I read that too. That's cool. So that'll be dope. And um, are you writing new music as well? Um, are you going to be releasing new material this year? Yeah, I mean, we um, so we put out an EP in 2018 around May. I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's been a string of EPs. We've done um, three EPs in a row. And we sort of got to this point where we were like, you know what, let's make a record again. Like, let's make a full, you know, full length album. Mm-hmm. And after playing a whole bunch of summer shows and whatnot, um, we started writing it. And the, our process is pretty slow because we like to, like I said, we like to record it first and then, and then pick it apart and then re-record it and pick it apart. Um, you know, play it out live a little bit and pick it apart. Mm-hmm. So I would say we're about six songs in to what will be a, you know, like a 10 song LP. So we're still writing. So we're still writing pre-production and actually recording too. We started recording one song um, called Doing Crimes, Crimes, <laughs> which is actually a, uh, interesting because when I, I live in Pacifica now mm-hmm. and I rented a small little shack. And when I first moved there, I was right on the real close to the beach it was all overgrown with weeds and everything and um we had to like get all the stuff out and my wife hired this like young guy to come and cut it all down for like 200 bucks oh wow and she paid him up front you know that's something you never do and he just took off and he was just gone and he never came back 
And so, you know, I try, I got, I'm like, I just moved to this little tiny nowhere town and yeah. already I got ripped off. So I tried to, um, find this guy. I'm calling him, I'm emailing him, mm-hmm. not get back. Mm-hmm. So if I finally get like all nasty about it, and I'm like, I'm going to post things online. You know, don't hire this guy, this and that. Finally, some guy gets back to me and he says, Hey, this kid's name is Elliot. He's like, you know, Elliot, uh, is in rehab. Like he has a major uh, meth problem and his parents committed him and like this and that. And I was like, Ugh. and then I felt like crap because yeah. I smeared this guy. Bro. Right. So I wrote a song about it. It's <laughs> a good story. Not going to lie. Uh, should we listen to one of the oldies, but goodies? Sure. Uh, how about bombs don't show up? Yeah. That's a great one. Okay. Let's see what we get.
the lessons that we have to teach our children. <laughs> How's that going? It's really good. I uh, I, was, I haven't heard that song in a long time. I was just thinking about it. It's it's uh, it's got to be five years old. Maybe oh really? More. Oh okay. Um, I don't know. Like an early iteration of the band. Really. I don't know. It like brings me back to like a better time. It does. <laughs> or it's, like it's very sort of like has that dance punk sort of mm-hmm. 90s feel that was going around for a yep. while. But um, that drummer, actually, the drummer in there, like that is so good at that particular beat, yeah. is the drummer from Every Move Picture. Oh, so he, I remember uh, that. Dan Francisco. Uh-huh. And like, as far as I'm concerned, he invented that beat. Like, like he's, he's got that just playing like a, a drum machine. <laughs> He's a human drum machine. He really is. Yeah. <laughs> and um, how did the new formation of the band come together? Well, um, I think it was three years ago now that um, I spent some time in Berlin. Mm-hmm. And I went out there for, um, I was actually studying the fall of communism <laughs> nice. on the, the dime of the American government, which is another story. Uh-huh. But the... Uh, I wrote a bunch of songs out there and I came back and I just didn't want to do them in the same sort of way that Figure on Death was was working songs and this I wanted to sound looser, I wanted to sound kinda more garagey maybe. And so um I met up with um Scott Eberhardt, who's my drummer right now, mm-hmm. and he and I started playing and we started playing with different um bass players, a couple of different guitar players, um and uh, we finally settled on um Izzy Chavarine and uh, Jimmy Chen and you know Izzy was from The Frail and Jimmy's from um, 100 Days mm-hmm. both of them just total seasoned players and um, it, we just started playing shows immediately like we, we, we recorded those songs and we put them out actually under a different name called El Terrible which is like my nickname <laughs> and because we thought it was going to be a different band but we soon realized that it's really the same band just a different lineup and different style mm-hmm. so we brought it back into the fake your own death umbrella mm-hmm. and how do you how would you describe the music in terms of how it's evolved compared to what we just heard i just think it's a little bit more um i don't know what they're i mean it's we're definitely still in that sort of moody sort of realm mm-hmm. but um all of the the synthesizer sounds and all that have kind of taken the back seat to just more guitar like just more rock um, we're definitely, um, you know, live. We're, we're, we've always been really dynamic and really loose, and not necessarily like sound like a, a machine. Mm-hmm. I've, I've always, you know, I never wanted to like play with click tracks or anything like that. You know, even though I love a lot of those bands, it's just like our stuff is just a lot more. Um, it has like a, a kind of a grungy feel to it. Like I said, like I, I listen. Did I say this already? Oh, the, no. I, I basically was like raised on Sonic Youth, yes. and so like I. Uh, I just felt like, you know, I wanted to go back to that feel. That, that, yes. That's how I first started off. That's how even Elephone first started off, my, my band that was going on a long time ago. Um, and so I just wanted to go back to that feel. Yes, and I hope that music does in general. I mean, it's great that we have all this technology now, but can I point out this board is from 1982? Yeah. It's like <laughs> got like just a game of Pong on the top of it there. Right? <laughs> it's had better days, but hey. Um, yeah, those things are built to last forever. Yeah, and I think it was like found on Craigslist or at a garage sale or something. Like, 
over 10 years ago. That's crazy. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, we inherited it. It's wonderful. But, um, you know, we've got an up-to-date mixer. We have, you know, computerized stuff going on. But I think it, it's interesting how, you know, bands like the Foo Fighters, like they were kind of, you know, becoming bigger and bigger. But then they decided to start recording their albums in the garage using right. analog. Do you feel like that started a new trend? Yeah, well, you know... John Vanderslice and Tiny Telephone kind of uh, been doing that forever. Mm. And that's been a huge influence over the whole San Francisco music scene as far as I'm concerned. Mm -hmm. And even when they're running things through ones and zeros, it's all going back onto these analog tape machines right. in some way. Mm -hmm. um, that, uh, I think that's a sound. You know, like I did a whole record with um, doing that. Like, where, you know, the first Figure on Death record was actually done in a, in a big studio, but it was all through... Um, all on tape machines and then, you know, into Pro Tools and back on the tape machines. Mm -hmm. And it makes it sound different. I know that they can, they, you know, everyone tells me that, you know, Pro Tools has gotten to the point now where it can kind of mm. uh, do that sound without actually doing it. And maybe that's true. But it's sort of like, uh, you know, listening to something on a, on a record player versus a CD. Like it's, yeah. I, I hear something different. Do you? And also, it's a, you know, if you have limitations in the studio, you, you record differently. Like, you allow there to be more space and you don't necessarily try to throw the whole kitchen sink at it. Mm -hmm. And that was something that was really cool. You know, when I was growing up, like you know, we used to do recordings on four tracks and like make the most of it. And, you know, recently our, our last EP we did, we recorded, um, in a, in a rehearsal studio with just like two mics on the drums and just use really good compressors and stuff. But the whole thing was just, um, real lo-fi and, and that <laughs> gave it a, a feel that I think is really kind of, urgent sounding it sounds, sounds really like um like there's the space the, the space is collapsed between like the listener and the and the, and the music itself mm -hmm. yeah that sounds awesome and in terms of this new material that you're recording is that more not in the rehearsal studio but like in the pleasure of your own home <laughs> yeah i mean convenience. we haven't totally decided i'm i'm actually working with a couple of different producers right now and um the uh, yeah, one of them is our uh, our studio mate, you know, her studio mate. That uh, he's got the whole setup in there. So we said we are mm -hmm. doing stuff in there. We're also doing stuff out in um, East Bay, mm -hmm. and so um, we're gonna figure that out. But I don't think we're gonna go for a, a hi-fi sound for sure. We're gonna keep it kind of organic sounding. This might be a weird question, and you can take it however you want to take it. Are there still bands? in San Francisco, like based in San Francisco, or is it pretty much like outsourcing now? So I, I, my New Year's resolution was to not talk shit about other bands anymore, <laughs> but the, uh, or, you know, here we go, or, you know, fan, or San, we I, I've become really like kind of bitter, but the, uh, the reality is, um, I meet, I, I know bands that live in San Francisco. I mean, like, uh, my drummer lives in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. um, it's just people that are scrappy. They figured out ways. Like you know, you were telling me you still live here. Yes. And people have figured out ways to just keep, hold on to their apartments. Yes. And you know, Secret Studios off Cesar Chavez is still rocking in there, and it's always full. So there's bands here for sure. Good. But there's also a lot of bands that are popping up from um, this whole the whole Silicon Valley takeover. And you see them because you'll go to bottom of the hill and they have a full lighting rig with lasers and like all this stuff. And you're like, wow, you're like a, this little baby band is just opening up for us. <laughs> what are you doing? And it's like they've invested, you know, $20,000 in this whole system. What? And obviously they have, you know, somebody in the band has a big salary. 
And this is how they, that was, that was their starting point. You know, they started with technology and then went to the music. Interesting. I, uh, I never had that approach. Like I still don't even write songs on the computer. Like, you know, every, most bands these days just record, you know, tracks mm-hmm. on the computer and, mm-hmm. and then overlap them. And then they come up with a song that way. Wow. I still do it with the band, the live band. And we, we write that way. And then, so we don't bring it to the technology until it's pretty refined. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. I didn't, I guess I haven't experienced that cause I'm mostly going to see, you know, bands like you or, you know, some of the bigger stadium shows or at the Warfield. but I get what you're saying. I mean, sometimes the, the opening acts, they have the synthesizer and they have the whole, you know, theater performance. And you're like, wait, I'm here to see the damned what's going on. Oh my God. <laughs> So bad. I oh, love. I tell you, I love the Dan. In my original bio, I wrote down that that was a huge influence, and like everyone's like, "How old are you?" I'm like, oh, the damned were so good. <laughs> They're still really good. Um, I went. I saw them when I was a teenager, and then I. I think when I moved to the Bay Area, I'm not from here originally. I saw them again, and then it was like a period of eight to ten years went by, and I was like, "They're still around. I'm going to see them." Yeah. <laughs> Um, I had older friends. I, we all worked at this golf course, and we used to just kind of hang out there all day and not work. And there were a lot of older friends who uh, mm-hmm. used to go into L- and I, this was in L.A. Mm-hmm. Used to go into Hollywood, and um, the Damned was like one of the biggest bands they would always talk about. So I was always super like turned on by the Clash and the Damned and yes. all these British bands that were coming over. Mm-hmm. The good times. Who else did you see? Ever in my life. The Sex Pistols. No, I never saw I, I, like like the oldest thing I saw is Who's Could Do. Oh, I, I was super young, that. but I, I got to go down to um, I think it was the Roxy actually, oh, nice. um, with some friends, mm-hmm. and it was either like an eighteen over show or something. Whatever it was, I snuck in. I had some kind of fake ID, and I Me was able too. to um, <laughs> to see them, and mm-hmm. it blew me away. And the, the awesome thing about it is just two years ago at Noise Pop, Figure on Death opened for Bob Mould um, at Bottom of the Hill. Oh, yeah. He's coming, right? Bob Mould. He's coming again. But mm-hmm. the last time we played, we, we, we opened for him. And um, cool. and they actually, and it wasn't Bob Mould. It was Sugar. Remember that band Sugar that they did for a while? Mm-mm. After Who's Could Do, he, did a, he had a project called Sugar, which is just like two albums, I think. And they, they played as Sugar. And they played the whole record, um, like their you know essential record. And it was amazing. It was just as amazing when I saw as when I saw Who's Could Do. That's amazing. Are there any good shows coming up that we should know about? Yours, um, of course. Well, yeah, when we book them. Um, TBD. You, you know, I've been kind of out of it, but I, I know that we were trying. We, we so last year, maybe it was two years ago. Mm-hmm. We played with Gang of Four when they oh, came through. They're so great. The yeah. new lineup. And even is though like... it's just the guitar player, right? And it's kind of weird to see like a very young guy like singing the song like it's it's not you know but he, he sounds just like him and it's uh they're still great that's, that, that's uh, like in yeah. a couple weeks we, yes yeah beginning of february it's funny because i was lucky enough to see i think maybe one of the last tours they did with the original lineup mm-hmm. when i was in i think i was in high school no i was in college and then when i moved here you know there was another period of five to ten years and then they like came back came back and then I was like oh I got to interview them and I got to go on the tour bus and talk to him talk to Andy and then the guys were like brushing their teeth they were just like super chill like laid back he still is you know yeah we were hanging out we played at uh the new parish in Oakland he was like where do I get something to eat and I'm like huh let's go walk down the street (laughs) I know where to go (laughs) 
That's amazing. I mean, that's it's kind of rare, but it still exists. Like people will just, you know. Well, also, like you know, he's you know, in a sense, I guess they're cashing in on their celebrity from twenty years ago. But yeah. the the fact that he's still doing it mm-hmm. and you know, still just like um, really working class about it, and yeah. just like like when I saw Peter Murphy, it's like the same thing. It was like. Peter Murphy's not traveling with an entourage and playing like he's playing these small little places. Like, mm-hmm, he's, mm-hmm. Did he do the chapel thing? Did that ever happen? I don't know. I don't think that happened. It happened because he got immigration issues. But he had played uh, oh, yeah. in Oakland before that, and it was just cool just to see this guy who's probably sixty at this point, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. just you know banging it out like he was just a, a, a band playing in clubs. What happened at that venue though? Didn't he get arrested? Oh yeah, that in Europe somewhere. Hey, do the class of the sound guy. Something moronic. I don't know. Something, something happened there. Um, I did want to see Echo and the Bunnymen. I saw them a couple of years ago, and it was great at the Regency. Yeah. But then I didn't make it to the show at the Masonic. It was like on a Monday or something. I don't yeah, know what exactly. I had seen them before that at the um, river. What's that winery? Mount Winery. Oh yeah, I went there yeah. too this last year. And uh, you know, a friend had was able to get us to go be able to hang out on the side of the stage and back. So it was, I was so excited. Like I love this band and, uh, Ian McCullough was just so drunk. I mean, oh, just so God. drunk, like, and, and like literally had a bar on stage with him. So like every time he wasn't singing, he was back at the bar and just sort of like, you know, barely singing and kind of mumbling through the words. And wow. so I don't know, that, that was just my experience. That's crazy. Yeah. So it wasn't a good experience. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was, uh, there were some moments. Yeah. Yeah. That's a bummer. I was disappointed on the overall experience. Bummer. Uh, well, anyways, here's to 2019 and some great experiences. Yeah. Um, any uh, New Year's resolutions that you want to share with us? Yeah, I, I, just in general, like, I'm tired of complaining about what's happening in San Francisco. Yeah. And, like, I, I feel like every conversation ends up there. Yeah. And I just want to stop doing that. Yes. I just want to, like, be more present and, like, what's, you know what's great about it still and being in the moment of it mutiny radio still kicking exactly. it exactly i don't Look know how we're place. doing it how are we still here but we are the story of this place too <laughs> as an actual employee mutiny yeah over the guy who was running it who was like yeah. ripped everybody off with it. i mean this is a great story it was and i literally started here like right as that was as that was taking place and i was like i don't know what the fuck's gonna happen <laughs> But I'm, you know, I, I rode through it as, as long as I could. And, you know, and we have better management now. Yeah. You know, it's, now, this neighborhood is still great, you know. Like, yeah. I used to live right by the J&B and hang out there. I'm a tate. Um, <gasps> yeah. You know, good all stuff. the coffee you can drink in the world. And then you got 24th Street, which is still old mission. I mean, yeah. it's not, you know, 24th Street has changed. There's some restaurants and some that, but it's right. so eclectic. It really it's is. It's still so Hispanic, and it's it's awesome. Did you ever go to Papalotes? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's still there. Yeah. I just... That's like a... Yeah. That, that's almost a franchise now. Yes. Like he's places. got... But I do love two it. Two of them. And then yeah. he's he's starting to do a food truck now. Obviously, I'm a fan. Yeah. But... <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. I just... I think I'm more wary of, or more aware of where I'm putting my money at, and I try to, like, support those people, right. cool. you know? Because... Is that your resolution? What's yes. your resolution? My resolution is be healthy, be happy, um, be open to, you know, trying new things, having new experiences, all that boring shit. Yeah, that's no, good. <laughs> I also want to stop losing things. Like, yeah. I lost my glasses two days ago. No. So I'm walking around with no. sunglasses on 24 hours a day. I was like, is he okay? <laughs> What's going on? 
it's i mean like i feel like i have to explain it to every everywhere i walk in i'm getting a cup of coffee and i'm like yeah yeah i'm wearing sunglasses it's it's 10 at night i get it but it's i lost my glasses wait are they the the reflection or the ones that change during the day what are those called no no these are just straight yeah i don't remember i know what you're talking about no these are just my sunglasses but they're prescription so i can wear them so i'm basically just waiting it out till i can get a new pair and those those aren't cheap from what i've heard Nope. Fingers crossed for you. Should we play another song, uh, an oldie, or did you want to play something for us? Um, why don't we play another song first? Yeah. So I tune up. Mm-hmm. Um, did you want to play something? Uh, are you asking me what song to play? Headphones is on the the list. Mouth to speak. Tijuana. Um, why don't we play uh, Mouth to Speak? Because that's a. Uh, that was like our original sort of like breakout song. Nice. Mouth to speak it is. Dream. 
going into the next song. I'm sure it's great. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Common Thread Collective. We're here streaming live around the planet from right here in the Mission District of San Francisco, California. We hope you're having a good evening. We've got a great show for you tonight. It's our back to school special in September and we're going to be talking about the student strike at San Francisco State. We've got some really cool people on. Of course, we have Diamond Dave Whitaker here. Hey Dave, how you hey, doing? Hey. And uh, 